You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, everyone, to episode 40 of the Writer's Block podcast. I am your host, Brandon Laurie. Alongside me, as always, the lovely Ms. Jess Navarez, who you could follow both of us on Twitter at at Brandon is right, and that is W-R-I-T-E, and at Jess Navarez underscore. Well, yeah, I mean, I know Jess and I, we're out of school. We've been out of school for a while, but school is officially out for the Dallas Cowboys, and while we'll be bringing you weekly episodes uh, between now and training camp, the Cowboys will not see a football field between now until they take the field in Oxnard, California. So for you, Jess, how does that feel? Are you a little upset? Is it a little bit of like that, you know, school yearbook, have a good summer, hags? Uh, is it a little bit of that? Did anybody sign your yearbook on the way out the door uh, for your final episode on Girls Talk Boys Talk? You know what? It was so sad. And I didn't realize how sad I was going to feel walking out of the star for the last time for the next few weeks. But I keep having to remind myself it's only a few weeks, right? And talking to the guys just beforehand, it's so good for them to have this break. McCarthy, Mike McCarthy even talked about having that mental break before really getting into training camp. It saves their their mentality. It saves them physically. So I'm really happy that they get this break. But sad for me. I have time now. And what is that? <laughs> yeah. That that never happens. So I don't know what to do with this newly found free time that I'm going to have for the next few weeks. But uh it's going to be cut short. I'm going back home, getting my last round of family time in before the season really starts back up. And so uh, plenty nephew time, plenty of my nephew time will be uh, well spent and then right back to it. Well, and it's it's a great day for us. And, and sort of with school being out, there's always maybe like a guest speaker, somebody who comes to speak to the graduating class. We wanted to bring somebody in of utmost importance, and that is none other than Eric Galco, who is actually the director of player personnel for the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, you could follow Eric on Twitter at, at Eric Galco, which is pretty awesome how your Twitter handle, you don't have to add any numbers to it, anything else. It's just, just your name, so that's pretty simple. But Eric, thank you so much for joining us today and taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm talking about hopefully some Cowboys players putting the Shrine Bowl last year, but also the future of the East-West Shrine Bowl down there in Dallas. Well, and you alluded to it. It was officially announced last week that the 99th game of the East-West Shrine Bowl would be moving to the Ford Center at the Star, the home of the Dallas Cowboys after spending two years in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Um, Eric, I'm going to start with my first question is, how excited are you guys to be making the move to Texas? And what was it about the Dallas Cowboys and their facility that made it the perfect partner for the bowl game? And something that you'll come to find very quickly is that the Cowboys fan base is very passionate about the pre-draft process. So don't be alarmed if you get a lot of uh, questions between now and February. But how did that kind of partnership all come together? Well, first off, we love it. I'm excited to be in Dallas and Frisco. I've already seen the community and, and the media, the Players and that and the and the Dallas Cowboys that play in the Shrine Bowl, we're all excited about it. Players that are from the Dallas area in this college are excited to come down to the Shrine Bowl now. So it's been awesome to kind of see it. And really for us, we had an awesome experience in Las Vegas. I kind of took over the game two years ago and 
with that, we moved the game from Tampa St. Pete. I wanted to be an NFL facility. My goal for the event is to make it as player-centric as possible. And with that, we want to be an NFL facility, right? Players want to play in the NFL, but also have best-in-class resources for them. So that's been my focus for the last two years is giving these players the best resources on and off the field, opportunity to sleep, which is really important in terms of recovery and being healthy all week long, best food, massage therapist, cryotherapy, the works for these guys. And we'll kind of have all that in Las Vegas with the Raiders facility. And after two years, though, we want to kind of consider other options, new options. Actually, Dallas was one of our finalists two years ago for the East-West Shrine Bowl. And, and this time around, opening it back up and seeing the community, the city of Dallas and Frisco, being able to, to have us have the option to be at the start all week for every day of practice and the game to be at what I think is basically a brand new hotel right nearby and all the other benefits that we're going to, to provide our players being in, a, in an awesome area like Dallas where everything's connected, everything's easy to get to. The facility is best in class in the NFL. If it's not number one, it's definitely in the top three in terms of practice facilities and also being invited for our players. If you can't tell, I'm fired up because I think people are going to love being at the Shrine Bowl in Dallas, but also every player who's from the Dallas, even Dallas, Austin, Houston triangle there or is training there or goes to school there. There's so many players I think know the Dallas area is known for football, and we'll have that for the Shrine Bowl this year moving forward. Well, we are so, so excited to uh, have you literally down the road for me. So yeah. I'm, all I'm all in about this. I'm very excited uh, as well. But the Shrine Bowl gives players the opportunity to kind of have one more chance to shine ahead of the NFL draft. And so what has it been like for you within your time working within the Shrine Bowl to really see the starting line of these players' careers before they go on to be legends or pro bowlers or Hall of Famers? Or how does that feel for you that you get to see just kind of them getting set at the starting line before just taking off. Yeah, I, I kind of call it like the doorway to the NFL because they're still kind of college players. They're wearing their college helmets in practice. They still have allegiances there as well. But kind of right after this, they're training for the NFL Combine and the NFL Pro Day Circuit, right? So they kind of lose their college, collegehood right through the Shrine Bowl, which is, I think, a really important process for us to appreciate and why I'm so focused on you know, these events are, are business meetings for these players. They're job interviews during the week of practice. But these guys still should have fun and celebrate their career, which is what all-star games have been or are supposed to be all about for the last 100 years for the Shrine Bowl. So making sure these guys enjoy themselves is still part of it, too. But for me, the coolest part, and I've been in the business a long time and, and largely working on the consulting and, and more on the team side, is getting to kind of know and interact and work with these players and, you know, I didn't get a chance to know Tom Brady 20 years ago when he played in the Shrine Bowl, right? But I did get to see a guy last year or two years ago now named Brock Purdy kind of come through. And talking with him in October, November of his senior season, inviting him to the Shrine Bowl and getting to know him then, seeing him operate in the week of practice, I'm not going to say I called it. I did not think Brock Purdy was <laughs> going to be this Super Bowl-level quarterback that he can be for the Niners. But you, you kind of, as in my view, I haven't gotten that much access for a long part of the process. I have as much, if not more access to these players NFL teams do, right? Cause I kind of get unfettered access to them and, and know them intimately before NFL teams even talk to them. And I've seen what kind of makes great players successful. And I, I tell NFL teams, you know, once you're an athletic baseline, it's kind of binary. Some kids get it and be NFL players and some kids may not. And finding the guys that get it, guys like Brock Purdy, guys like Luke Schoomaker, who you guys have Eric Scott, who's a guy that just like mentally great athlete, great player, but just gets it. I think it's awesome for me and my job to kind of see these guys become professionals or realize that now it's time to enjoy myself, but also be pros. That's been my favorite part about the Shrine Bowl. So. 
Well, and sort of alluding to the process, sort of the recruitment process, yeah. uh, you know, even though the game took place in February, that does not mean that you have off between now and when the collegiate season starts <laughs> for, for these college athletes. And yeah. so I'm sure you're already looking at players for next year's game and, and who's going to be invited. So can you explain that process and what it's like and how involved the recruiting process actually is to get players to come to something like this? And, you know, having to meet all the players and all the coaches, I can say and experience firsthand that when I was at the game two years ago, you go to each media member, you introduce yourself, you shake our hand and you say like, listen, thank you so much for being here. That's something that's always stuck with me. So when you're in this position, you get to talk to a lot of people. What is that process like and sort of wearing many different hats? Yeah. I mean, the scouting process is the fun part for me. Um, I, 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 I mean, I've been scouting for a long time and it's something that I, I think I'm pretty good at, but also I don't have a lot of time for these days when I get to do scouting, it's like, yeah, let me dive in. Um, but I'm thankful to have a great team. We've got a couple of former NFL executives on our board, but really I instill a lot in our staff, which is most made up of, of younger people that we've trained and developed over the last couple of years. But I give them a chance to show NFL teams and really on their resume say, hey, I'm help. I'm the reason why we invited this player, the Shrine Bowl. So I get to kind of be more director than actually in the, in the weed scouting. But scouting is something that we take very seriously. I've consulted for a long time. So really on our end, like our process is we're pretty much done with our preseason scouting for next year's draft. Wow. As crazy as that sounds and things will change in the season and we'll do cross checks and such, but, but we're kind of dotting I's and crossing T's because that's how we want to operate. So the scouting piece is fun. We'll still watch film and, and kind of stay in that habit of our staff, but we'd be ahead of the curve there for sure. And then recruiting wise, I hate to say it's recruiting a, that's just not something I love to do. I don't want to try to sell somebody on something. That's not my, my MO, but I think one of the cool things that I've seen, especially this year, which I'm very proud of, is I've tried really hard to take care of our players in a lot of ways, right? And I think not putting down any all-star game in the Shrine Bowl of Pass was guilty of this, but players were exhausted during the week of practice. or felt like I'm tired, I'm hurt, I'm banged up, and that's something I wanted to have our players experience. So I made a huge focus for us, for our players to get plenty of sleep, great food, massage therapists, NFL facility, like we'll have at the start too, right? All of those things I think are small and are really important. And recruiting has been more, especially this year. Hey, I had a teammate or a buddy from high school playing the Shrine Bowl, and I know he had a good experience and a good time. So for me, it's more about educating, and, and hopefully people can kind of find it. And I tell all of, everyone I talk to in college or in the NFL, hey, you can ask any player that played in the last couple of years and give them their honest feedback, and I'm confident I'll say good things too. So for me, it's about educating and, and learning about these players. And I'm not going to be in this job forever, but right now I am loving the chance to talk with players. And I'd answer your question. What is a lot of my time spent on? I love engaging with players, whether they come to the Shrine Bowl or not. I have a chance to kind of give back in this job, not just to the players, but to the charity at large. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. But give back to these players what the NFL is looking for, how you can take advantage of it. And I get a chance to kind of help a lot of people in this industry, especially players, enjoy it. So engaging with people related to the Shrine Bowl is my favorite part versus the scouting recruiting part for sure. And something we always talk about on the podcast here is how these players are people and to be able to give them that you are a person stage as opposed to your future NFL player. I mean, that's just such an amazing work, uh, amazing work that you do there. But let's talk about you kind of alluded to this, uh, this guy who Cowboys fans kind of shredder at the name now, uh, Brock Purdy, because yeah. you think about him as being the underdog in the situation when it came to the 49ers, the injury bugs st- uh, struck the 49ers quarterback room and then the rest is history right Brock came out and absolutely uh, just 
dominated. There's really no other yeah. word in the NFL. So do you feel like the Shrine Bowl kind of gives those underdog players an opportunity to maybe get an extra glimpse before the draft or maybe when the 49ers are in that situation to make the call of, hey, is Brock ready? Do you feel like this is something that helps him or players kind of elevate their names when those circumstances come? Yeah, I mean, I think for one, you know, I'm, I'm very cautious about taking credit for something. Brock would have been successful in the NFL in a lot of different areas, too. But I will say at the Shrine Bowl, you know, Brock was working with a quarterback coach named Will Hewlett, who's a fantastic job. And Brock, and there's actually been some couple articles written about it, increased his velocity during the draft process, which is crazy to change how you're throwing and increase yeah. velocity during a three-month window. And he did that, and that kind of first foray was the Shrine Bowl. So I think for one, Brock showed what he's been working on so much and increasing his velocity there too. But I think, you know, one of the benefits for all-star games, we take our interview process very seriously is that was Brock's first opportunity and NFL teams for opportunity to kind of meet each other. And when you talk with Brock, I tell people all the time, one thing I learned from being around Brock is Brock was the kind of person where you knew if he was your third string guy, he was going to give your starters a damn good look on practice squad reps, right? He was going to make your ones work because he's that kind of smart player. And if he's your backup, He's not going to cause issue with your starters, but he'll be ready to go if you need him. And if he's your starter, he's going to be confident. And not many guys have the makeup and the confidence and the self, self-assuredness in themselves that, hey, no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to be successful in this way. I'm not going to overstep. I'm not going to be a big ego guy. And I think for Brock, that's what he had is that self-confidence in himself, along with the ability to kind of play five years in college in the Big 12, wasn't playing in some no-name conference, right? So I think his experience, he's seen a lot. He was still getting better despite being a, a five-year starter and that confidence that he had. I think he showed what I think a lot of NL teams are chasing now, which is that experienced, creative, crafty quarterback. One thing I will give credit for on Brock, for, for, for us, we liked Brock quite a bit the entire time. And the reason was that before this job, I was in charge of the XFL player personnel. Mm. And when I was there, I'm like, hey, our offensive line might be struggling a little bit. We've got to get creative quarterbacks who can improvise and make plays like Taylor Heineke and PJ Walker. So Brock Purdy does fit my type of a quarterback. So I will say we always liked Brock, but again, would have never expected Brock to do what he did so quickly. And he's going to have a long career in the NFL being a starter based on the way he played this past year. Well, and that's why guys, you pay attention to every single player that comes through the East West Shrine Bowl because you never know who they're going to turn into. And especially with the Cowboys, they have a storied history uh, with the bowl game, specifically drafting players like a Roger Stallback, a Randy White, a Bob Lilly. Yeah. And you alluded to uh, before that, you know, they recently took Luke Schoonmaker, Junior Fajoko, Eric Scott Jr., three players that took part in the week-long process and played in the game. And so us as Cowboys fans, we've heard a lot of buzz about these three players, specifically during minicamp and OTAs. So what can you tell us about what you learned about these guys during the process individually? Just like a brief cliff notes of what your time is spent like with these three players. Yeah, um, I'll start in reverse order. Eric Scott is someone that I think people were surprised by being a draft pick. I, I was not. Again, I'm thankful to kind of know knew where a lot of our guys were going to go on draft weekend. But this is a guy that jumped, I think it was 39-inch vert and had a 120-something-inch broad jump. Right, He's a really impressive athlete. And he was a guy that our staff believed in quite a bit early because he was a non-combine guy. We had 15 players that were not invited to the combine drafted from last year's Shrine Bowl. Credit to our our staff for finding those guys early. And Eric Scott was a guy that not a lot of people appreciated in the NFL even, but I think he impressed at pro day after the Shrine Bowl and then the whole draft process. But I think during his college career, he showed the physicality, the ability to win against press. When he faced an NFL level receiver in college, he always rose up to the occasion and had the ideal body type. I think he's a guy that we saw at the Shrine Bowl, before the Shrine Bowl and during it, to be the confidence 
the translatable athletic ability showed his pro day on the field at the Shrine Bowl. He's going to be a press, physical corner who can bump and run you down the field, who can play a little bit vertically and have great ball skills. I think they're going to find a role from early on. I would not be surprised at all if he ends up being in there three, four-man rotation at corner early on, despite being a, a day-three pick. Um, Junior Fajoko uh, was banged up towards the end of his college season, didn't end up playing the game for the Shrine Bowl, but just personality-wise, he's obviously got family that play in the NFL, and he just was very focused on, hey, what, what should I – he asked me early on, what, what do I need to get better at for the NFL? He was laser-focused on, like, what are the things step-by-step step, I have to do to be successful in the NFL? And a lot of guys will ask that question, not a lot of guys follow up and like, all right, I did this. What else can I do? I think he has the right mindset. Again, thankfully some NFL bloodlines with him as well too, but he's a guy that I think you'll see as a Cowboy fan, he'll get better the next three, four years. He's not going to be a guy that comes in as a rookie and shows you everything he has. He's going to get a lot better as his NFL career goes on. And last but not least, my guy Schoon, um, awesome pick. He was one of the best athletes at tight end in the entire draft. It was talked about a lot about how it's a, deep tight end class last year definitely was, but Luke got lost in that. And he was a guy that preseason was the highest ranked senior tight end by most NFL teams coming into last season, had a great year, got banged up towards the end of his senior season, but then crushed the draft process, interviewed outstandingly. He's a pro's pro. He was a top recruit in high school, a top player in college coming in. And if not for that injury, he might've been a guy that ended up going in the late first, early second round area too. So I think the, the Cowboys got an absolute great value on Luke Schoonmaker. And again, it wouldn't surprise me at all by year two, year three, if he's one of the, not the best tight end last year's draft. Wow. Very good insight there, especially just because you've worked with them. You've talked to these guys. You see yeah, yeah. the side of the guys that, you know, casual fans, they don't get to see. And to talk mm-hmm. to them and to know that mentally they are ready to go into the NFL is such a big key and part of it. But another part of this game is this is a game of opportunity, right? Not just for the players, but for coaches as well. Because as we know, NFL coaches are selected to coach the East team and the West team. So this obviously helps them work with players hands-on and help their evaluation process at the end of the day but can you talk about how again these impressions can go on and help the players but not only that how this game can help establish coaching careers as well for those NFL coaches that get involved with these teams and really have the stage set for themselves as well yeah this this past year we had the chance to have two NFL coaching staff coach our game and we had Bill Belichick of the Patriots and Arthur Smith the Falcons and their whole staff which you know, Arthur Smith and his staff were awesome. I don't want to put them aside, but Belichick's a different animal. Yeah. I think all of our players, I was joking, Bill Belichick was the, was the prettiest girl in Las Vegas for all of our players. Whenever he walked by, they were like, oh, there he is. That's Bill. That's Bill over there. So it was awesome having two NFL coaching staffs coaching our game. But but to your point, it's really important for I think people to realize that this is also a chance for NFL coaches to network a little bit. And one of the areas that the, the two All-Star games, us and the Senior Bowl, have uh, coaches from the NFL get a chance to do one job higher than they're currently doing. And it allows coaches to get experience, show other GMs, future people that may be hiring them, what they can and can't do as coaches. But also, which is my favorite part, a chance to network. And and this year we'll have, just like the other All-Star game, we'll have nominated coaches from multiple different teams, coaching the Shrine Bowls, may have some Cowboys coaches, maybe some Eagles coaches, et cetera. Um, and they get a chance to network with each other. And I think one area of the NFL league office you know, has, has said in their statements, I'm not breaking any news here, but they would love to kind of increase networking of NFL coaches and maybe stop any sort of consideration or concern about nepotism or only hiring people you know. These all-star games give coaches opportunity to meet new people. And I'm thankful to still talk to the coaches I've worked with the last two years and coaches from different teams, wherever else they have this shared bond about coaching in the Shrine Bowl. They still talk about even two years later and their chance to meet people they would not otherwise met 
schemes they would otherwise have known about, plays they wouldn't otherwise have cared about. They got a chance to learn those at the Shrine Bowl this past year and the year before. So it's been awesome to have a coaching opportunity as well, too. And then certainly for our players, learning about how NFL teams operate, what they do, what a playbook looks like um, at an NFL level, what the calls are, what the expectations are. You know, these players get a chance to learn not just what they'll be doing on the field and what this team or what this coach does scheme-wise, but also professional development. Hey, we're an NFL building for us. Like, we expect you to be here and here. And these times are going to be your own, but but don't waste them, right? So I think things like that are really important for our players to hear from, from current NFL coaches all the time. Well, and an important part of why the Shrine Bowl ex- exists for 99 years, the longest tenured college all-star game in history, is that it benefits the children of Shriners Hospital. So what is that partnership and relationship meant like to the game and to the children? And why is it still important for you guys to keep continually giving back to the community of Shriners children? It's awesome. I will say that that's one of the reasons that I was excited to, to work with the Shrine Bowl is, is the people I report to and work with are the board director for the Shriners Hospital, right? And it's impossible to see how their focus is on bringing awareness and raising raising money and awareness for the hospital and for the kids as well, too. When everything we do, um, event-wise or announcement-wise, we're involving current or former patients of Shriners Hospital or making them the story. I think one of the coolest things for me about Shriners Hospital is you know, I first got there, me being a naive, you know, not experienced in hospitals, charity and, and marketing, all that stuff. It's like, hey, why don't we have former NFL players be endorsers? And they're like, the children are our endorsers. They're our superstars. I think it's such a cool opportunity for people to learn what the Shriners Hospital does. Um, they provide care for patients all around the world with the, the, the patients, regardless of their ability to pay, um, which I think is incredible. And I think it's, it's so important that I learn I, every year I learn more and more stories or hear more and more people talk about the Shriners Hospital helped me. We had a player two years ago that, hey, my dad was a Shriners patient way back then. And because of what happened then, I'm able to be successful now. And I think wow. it's really powerful for us. So I'm biased. I think we have the best mission of any all-star event, any event like that in the whole entire NFL industry. But it's one thing that I keep as my kind of guiding light about why we're doing this and what the mission is and why we're so focused on being successful and having more draft picks and promoting things, not just for our own ego and our own vanity, but the more we're able to kind of raise this game and heighten this game. And hopefully the city of Dallas and Frisco is able to help us in that area too. The more awareness, the more money we can raise to help kids around the world. So it's, it's certainly an important mission for us and important mission for me to make sure that this game's purpose is to help the children's hospital in every way that we can. And you see a lot of players, even going into the NFL, they know what mission they want to take on to use their larger stage for. And so um, it's amazing that you, you get to see that firsthand when you're playing in the Shrine Bowl to really meet these, meet these kids and, and understand what this mission is. So that's, that's amazing. And we always like to talk about um, just all of the amazing work done within the Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And real quick, last year we had uh, one of our players for Darian Lowe to Shriners Hospital uh, for his uh, cleats for, or cause for cleats. Get the right yeah. cause for cleats? Yeah. yeah. And this year, two players from last year's Shrine Bowl so far already told us they're going to use that as well, too, which is so cool that these players which I hope they do for a long time, feel the attachment to the game, but also the hospital itself. And it makes an impact on their lives, right? I mean, again, yeah, yeah. we talk about they are just people before players and they see and meet these kids firsthand. It's it's going to be impressionable. So it's amazing that they're able to use their stage to give back. But we're talking about, you know, the different aspects of your job and, and kind of what your day-to-day looks like. Do you have the most memorable moment so far within your career with the Shrine Bowl that kind of pops into your head, whether it be at a hospital visit or with a player? Where do you think that memory is for you so far? And I say so far because you have a long career yeah. ahead of you with the Shrine Bowl. So, <laughs> yeah. so far, what is your most memorable moment? Um, I, I've had a few. Um, you know, one that jumps out just based on the last question is I had one of our players last year come up to me. Um, the day before the game, which was after the, the, the patient interaction day. And he's like, Eric, I'm, I'm mad at you, man. And like, I'm, I'm pretty mad. I'm like, what's wrong, man? He's like, we only got three hours for the patients. And, and for me, and he wow. was serious, but also like half kidding, but also like I wanted to do more. And I think that was a feedback for us we'll take, but it was a cool moment for me that these players realized that in the moment too. The other one is, you know, proud of my guy, Zay Flowers going first round last year and, and how much he had to overcome what he's done his whole career and his high school career. Um, the NFL, that was a cool moment. The Shrine Bowl hadn't had a first round pick in, in a decade. So that moment for, I think the hospital kind of getting that attention. And we had, um, one of our patient ambassadors at the draft meet Zay and kind of have that moment of kind of putting those two things together. So that was really impressive too, but you know, really in a weird way, you know, the events, the focus, the draft is something that's so important to me and, and our players, because it's at the end of the day, my mission for these players to have them use the Shrine Bowl to go early in the draft or reach their dreams of playing in the NFL. And a lot of players I talk to on FaceTime or even via text or via phone after the draft or after they get picked. My guy like Broderick Martin this year from Western Kentucky, right? Non-combine guy, underappreciated, goes third round to a team in Troy who loves him. And talking to him afterwards, those are the cool moments for me that, hey, if we even played some small part in him getting drafted earlier to that kind of team, this was all worth it for me too. So a lot of moments like that, a lot of small ones like that that jump out to me too. But this past year, my guy, I'll tell him, Titus Leo from Wagner got mad at me. He's like, Eric, I wanted more time with the patients. I'm like, you're right, man. My bad. We can always add that more too. So a lot of cool moments have that for me in this in this job that I definitely love and cherish. Well, and it's also important to remember that, like you mentioned, at the end of the day, it's not only an event for the players themselves, but it really is a humanitarian event. It's to promote the hospital and everything yeah. that happens. And it's really cool to see that, you know, these guys are now, I'm getting a little bit older in my age and, and a lot of these players are now younger than me, but it's still cool to see that players have it within themselves to want to give back, to want want to make that a priority for them to not just use it for their own platform, to, but to perform well so that it elevates the children's hospital and everything that they do as well, not only to benefit the game. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's an important part that players get to recognize on that Wednesday, Thursday, everybody from Roger Staubach to Tom Brady to Brock Purdy to Zay Flowers have all been a part of that. And it's one thing they all kind of share in common is, is the mission of the event for sure. And one thing that the Cowboys fans are wondering is, you know, the Cowboys themselves have aced the draft process over the years. They've drafted really yeah. well. Uh, again, even pulling from the game, they've, 
they pulled a lot of players that have impacted their team right away. So how beneficial could it be for the Cowboys to play host to a game like this where they might get a few more opportunities than a team traveling and bringing their scouts and, and coaches from another state and what that opportunity means to get to meet with these players throughout the entirety of the week to play host with the facility that they have and the Ford Center being an elite facility and everything that they have at the star. What is that like? Uh, even though that the game is still eight months away, it's still an important part of the process. Yeah, I mean, hey, all 32 teams will have the same access for sure, but the Cowboys have that home field advantage of kind of knowing where things are and knowing how things are going to operate and not be caught off guard by stuff. They don't have to book a hotel, right? They're all going to be right there. But I think, you know, last year we saw that the Las Vegas Raiders, who was our home before, they took uh, Aiden O'Connell in the fourth round, who, for all intents and purposes, might be their quarterback of the future. And they had a chance to have Josh McDaniels, and at the time it was Bill Belichick, who was the other team, but watching Aiden talking to Josh McDaniels, I'm not sure about Aiden O'Connell, but but maybe he came up, right? But the Raiders got a chance to see maybe their quarterback of the future last year at the East-West Shrine Bowl. I'm not sure the Dallas Cowboys want to find their quarterback of the future. They got him in Dak. I'm not going to start any drama here on the podcast. <laughs> Dak's the guy, right? But at the same time, I think the chance for the Cowboys to to kind of be able to be really comfortable in this major event is a huge – huge benefits maybe a big term, but it's definitely a benefit they're going to be able to benefit from and, and have as well. And I'm sure the Cowboys can host a lot of people in the industry there because they're going to be kind of the home people as well too. But – for us, being in the star, just one facility every day for practice, so everyone knows kind of where they're going, and it's really important for us to make sure the event is cohesive. So I appreciate the Cowboys for for being good partners in this sense and, and using the star and, and having that be a part of our event week. So if they benefit, great, but I'll make sure all 32 teams get a chance to draft at least you know, 60, 70, 80 of our guys this upcoming year. Love that. And so, Eric, for you, did you ever see your career getting – to the Shrine Bowl. Where did you start? We didn't even ask you that because we just got so excited yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Where did you start your career? How did it get to where it was? And did you ever think, looking back to little 10-year-old you, did you think you would end up being where you are with the Shrine Bowl? Hilariously, my first Shrine Bowl, I was like 16 years old. I was way too young. Okay. Couldn't rent a car, kind <laughs> of that stuff either. So um, I'm thankful. I, I've had a, a pretty a pretty fun career so far. I've been consulting for a long time. Again, before this um, I was an executive with the XFL for, for two and a half years, more guys like Oliver Luck and helping build the XFL back in 2018. I think one of the great things that drew me to the Shrine Bowl was the XFL was intriguing to me because I interested to build something and build, help build the XFL and really start from scratch. I, I, have a, I went to law school. I have a law background. So for the XFL, it was me, Oliver Luck, Sam Schwartzstein, Doug Whaley, and that was really about the whole football team, four of us, right in the player contracts, where we're going to have the teams at, right? And that kind of fun part about building something. So when the Shrine Bowl opportunity opened up after the XFL, unfortunately had to end due to COVID, um, the, the Shriners hospital team, and, and they said, hey, we want to build this to what it was 20 years ago. So for me, the chance to build something is what I find the most enjoyable. And the chance to say, hey, we had, you know, 28 draft picks in 2020. And for us to build it in a great way, focus on players and go to 45 the next year was a huge accomplishment. shows kind of what we're building each and every year too. So no, I've, I've been in the Shrine Bowl 10, 15 years before I came and, 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 and led the game. Came the first time when I was 16 years old, right, just figuring out how to do stuff and walking through stuff. And that's before Ubers. That's, I'm, that's how old I am, before Ubers. <laughs> I was taking taxis places. Um, and I think getting a chance to see, I've always appreciated, even back then, that the Shrine Bowl had such a rich history and, and knowing about kind of where it's been and, and the people I've talked to in the industry who said, oh, back in my day, the Shrine Bowl was – on two different channels, CBS and NBC, I think at the same time. That's how big of a deal it was. So for me, the chance to kind of bring back what the illustrious uh, history of the Shrine Bowl was and also, you know, lead an all-star event that's 
plays an important role for NFL teams, for players, for agents, for media. Kind of everyone has to come to the Shrine Bowl Intersect here too. It's it's truly exciting for me. I get to be competitive again um, against another All Star game, so that's always fun to be competitive once in a while. So um, it's been it's I'm truly blessed to kind of work with a great organization for a great mission with great people and hopefully lead this game to, to continue to be a best-in-class event moving forward. Well, I know the Cowboys haven't even gotten through training camp, but I want the season to be over already so that we can get to the game. I mean, my excitement is now on the level of yours, and like I said, I had experience with going to the game two years ago, and it's nothing but a ph- phenomenal event. And sort of, I said that it's at the end of the year in February. I know it is still eight months away, but is there anything you can tell us about what fans could expect uh, with a community interaction, anything happening with the game uh, to get fans involved and what could they be looking forward to as the game approaches next year? It's going to be awesome. We're going to have certainly access uh, for fans through credentials still for screws, but have access for fans to come and watch practice, see these guys, plenty of media events as well as fan base events. Um, Game day of, we're going to have our big tailgate, on that, if you guys know the star, that front football hill out there, to have a big tailgate out there. Last year at, in Vegas, we had, I think we had 8,000 people at the tailgate. We should have 10, 15 at the Shrine, at the Shrine Bowl tailgate this wow. year. So um, certainly a lot of events around, and we want to make sure that the city of Frisco and Dallas know that we want to be here for a long time and know that this is a, this is this community's game, and we want this to be the Dallas and Frisco All-Star game. So the city, the community, the high schools are all involved moving forward as well, too. We'll have a lot of... TCU, SMU, Longhorn Helmets for sure, right? All those Texas-based schools at the Shrine Bowl as well, too. So we're excited to kind of be a part of the Dallas and Frisco community now, this year, moving forward, too. So be on the lookout for a lot of media and fan events all week long, especially on game day. And the game itself is February 1st at 7 p.m. at the start. And then finally, Jess, you know, you are a resident of the area. And is there any sort of suggestions of uh, quality yeah. foods or anything interesting that Eric should know about, uh, you know, before he arrives later this year? You know what? I can tell you I have lived in Frisco for maybe half a year now. So I'm still looking around. So by the time you come in okay. February, I will have a good full long list for you. We will figure it out. We will get you the best cuisine that Frisco has to offer. But I will I'm, say- I'm, I'm a big fried chicken sandwich fan. So the best fried Ooh, chicken sandwich, that's know. the homework for sure. By the time you get down there, right. at least the top three will go around. We'll find the right one. So that's, All that's right. my, my favorite food. So if you can find that, that'd be great. You know what? I am on a mission now, and you don't have to tell me twice. Once you tell me, we're gonna we're gonna compile a list for you. But um, awesome. no, I will say the people of Frisco are just so amazing here. The community in Frisco is very tight knit, and from what I've seen, when community events do happen over here, they show up. So I, I hope y'all are ready because I'm telling you, when when Dallas shows up to something they show up everything is beer in texas including the fan base that is going to just absolutely blow you all away so i'm just really excited uh to have you and you know what we're gonna get you the best chicken fried chicken sandwich we're gonna find it i'm on a mission that's it that's it that's what i want that's the best so i appreciate that so much i appreciate you guys having me on here too we'll talk a lot more i'm sure in the build-up but i'm excited to be in dallas and frisco and you guys are certainly part of dallas and frisco in my mind too so i appreciate you guys well and and again thank you eric so much for joining us and everybody should really go follow eric because right now i know there's a lot of clips being thrown out about potential players to follow during the draft process and so where again is your twitter twitter handle eric that people could follow you 
Yeah, at Eric Alko, E-R-I-C-G-A-L-K-O. Also follow the Shrine Bowl at Shrine Bowl. It's also at Shrine Bowl on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am not on TikTok, but we are on TikTok, so follow at Shrine Bowl on TikTok for sure. So I'm You cool mean we won't find you dancing on TikTok? I've, I've aged out. I, miss, I joke all the time. I just, I miss TikTok. I'll get the next one, but I just, I missed it. I missed oh. it. I'm not going to learn now. I called it the TikTok to my niece one time, and I got ridiculed, so I'm Oh, I'm, man. You I know said, what? Uh, yeah. I will say TikTok is a world of its own. And yeah. if you are not addicted to it yet, don't do it. Just stay yeah. off of it because it's addicting. You will learn all these life hacks, fun facts. Um, if you're a Taylor Swift fan like me, you'll be on Swift Talk. So just stay off of it if you're not <laughs> on it already. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll stay on Twitter. But follow us on Shrine Bowl at all those accounts. And we'll, uh, we'll have a lot of content in the summer, in season, obviously during the week of the Shrine Bowl. And then you can follow, of course, us on Twitter at, at Brandon is right, and that's W R I T E, and then at Just Navarro's underscore. So for Brandon, for Jess, for Eric, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. And as always, remember, go Cowboys. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.